Welcome to Investor's Insights. Our topic today is the two-faced market. I'm joined by my distinguished colleagues, Ashley Page, Trey Booth, and Adam Van Zant. And we've just finished a great portfolio strategies meeting here at Five Plan Partners. And we want to bring you information that's important to you and your portfolio. There's a lot of noise out there. And one of the topics we had today involved the fact the questions we're receiving from clients, the conflicting information that's out there, the good, the bad, you know, in terms of information and asking the question, okay, so where do we go from here as we head towards 2020, uh, you know, the end of fourth quarter and the beginning of 2021? One of the things, an issue, is deficit. We continue to have clients saying, what about the deficit? Ashley, you did a great job talking about that in relation to the markets and, and, and talk briefly about that so we can tie all this together. Uh, the data is finally in on the U.S. government financial strength. It will remind our viewers, government year ends are usually at September 30th. A much yes. more detailed look at how we did with that deficit. And here are the simple numbers. The U.S. government brought in $3.4 trillion in tax revenue, most of it backloaded at the okay. end of the year post-pandemic. Right? At the same time, we spent $6.5 trillion. So you've got a deficit gap right there that came in about $3.1 trillion. And for our viewers, Greg, that's the largest net-net year-over-year increase since World War II. Yeah, and that's what they've been concerned about. Our- Clients have been concerned about that. Absolutely. It's up 47%. So to your point, Greg, we get a lot of questions about that or people concerned. It should be. That's a large increase. However, let us give you the good news on that, as you said. The interest rates are so low and inflation is so low, but mainly the the interest rates, that the overall borrowing cost on that debt for the United States dropped 9% Nine percent year over year. That's huge. From nine thirty nineteen to nine thirty twenty, yeah, we yeah. rarely see a drop in borrowing costs like that. So even though, and Trace talked about this a lot on previous vlogs, even though the absolute level went up at a historic pace because of the pandemic and everything we had to spend, our borrowing costs are less. Why is that important for markets? International investors still see the U.S. as the best haven in the world because we can handle the cost of the debt. So markets, to a large degree, are cash flow animals that keeps international funds flowing here to our market. That's why it's important. I think that's great information and and an excellent example of good news, bad news. Uh, Deficit's higher, but we're paying a lot less uh, at, at interest rate levels we're seeing today. And for someone who started his career when mortgage rates were 19%, uh, it's amazing to me uh, to look at these interest rates on our government debt right now and and see where we are. So with that, we also have clients asking about consumer spending in relation to unemployment. Trey, we've talked about deficits. Let's talk about uh, consumers, their debt, their spending. Bring all that together for us. Yeah, definitely. We got a lot of conflicting data out last week that showed the consumer is very actually very strong. Year over year, consumer spending was up 5.4%, up nearly 2% month over month. But on the other side of that, we saw industrial production down and capacity utilization down. And we saw a week over week, over week increase in unemployment claims 
to almost 900,000 people added to the unemployment claims rolls. So that, that's kind of conflicting. How can the consumer be strong when there are no jobs, when, when the industrial sector isn't hiring uh, and we're seeing unemployment rate go up? And the answer is, to this point, stimulus and savings. We saw early, in the, early during this crisis, the consumer savings rate spike because people weren't able to spend the money they made. And then on top of that, we saw large transfers of funds from the federal government to the individual. That went in and boosted savings further. So right now we're seeing consumers starting to spend down that savings, which is keeping consumption up as they are allowed to you know, kind of leave their house and go out and start spending money. However, that savings rate has to come from somewhere. And so one of the negative impacts on the market of the consumer spending savings is, is that as we've talked about on this vlog a long, a, a long time, is that what happens when wages go up people save more, they invest more, and that investment pushes market prices higher. If consumers aren't able to get jobs, aren't able to get wages, their spending is coming from investment and savings, and that could push down the market. That's why we've, we've seen a lot of questions about why does the stock market go up when the talk of stimulus is positive, even though the deficit will go up. Ashley did a great job covering that. The deficit has gone up and will go up if another stimulus deal is passed, but the cost of that deficit on the current spending really isn't there. And so we kind of have this window where we can reduce the cost. It's kind of like refinancing your mortgage. You may increase the amount of the mortgage, but your monthly payment goes down because rates go down, so you then have more to spend. We're seeing that with the federal government where they're able to refinance all this debt, increase spending, hand that to the consumer, and then in the short term, the consumer, while they're unemployed, has more money to spend and invest. We've seen the small investor come back to the market. If we don't see a, another stimulus deal, you might see that small investor leave the market to cover, to cover their just day-to-day -day needs. So we're seeing the spending coming from somewhere. So it's kind of a good news, bad news. Good news is the consumer is hot. The bad news is they're spending it from savings right now. And that savings has to come from somewhere and likely coming from the market, which is why we may see the market get some downward pressure. I think that's an excellent explanation in relation to what Ashley was talking about earlier and how it all ties together. And then with that, Adam, let's, let's talk about our clients keep going. How high can the market go? Will it continue to go up? Uh, what's driving the market? Uh, a lot of questions out there, but you've done a great job in these vlogs talking about the, the resistance level, support level of the market. Talk about that in relation to what Trey and Ashley have just disclosed to us. Yeah, and I really appreciate Trey bringing up consumer information. So when we're looking at this, you know, on the surface of 1.9% rise in retail sales is a really good number. But when we're looking at technicals, it really tells a story in that on Friday, the S&P 500 closed 100 points over its 20-day moving average. So okay. there's a reason we look at these short-term trends. And the reason we do is because we're 15 days away from election. We've right. been saying, you know, a lot of volatility is going to start to happen mid-October. We're sitting right dead in the middle of it. Um, so we're seeing resistance levels of 35.65 and support level of 33.15. Okay. Now, normally when we report these, it's a lot closer of a gap. I think this spread right here tells the story of we don't know what the consumer is going to do. And it's going to be very telling in this next week or two of where the markets are going to go from here. Well, when you see the, that large gap, we've seen that in the market that brings volatility because that support zone that, that, is, that, is, that is a good area to look at where the market may fall but not fall further, when that gap is that big, you see these huge drops in the market, which we've seen in September and early October, where the market, when it falls, it falls fast and it falls far uh, on the smallest of news because we have that large gap, kind of that air pocket where you can see the market just drop. 
So what will cause it? We're not sure, but it is indicative of volatility. We're not trying to say it's not showing the market's going one way or the other. It's just saying when it does move, it's going to move fast and it's going to move big. And so that's something to keep an eye on that maybe, maybe not get over, uh, overly concerned by large moves in the market. Very true. And on top of that, too, as we watch consumer spending, what what consumers are going to do with their money in the coming months. We've got the holiday season coming up. Those will be economic numbers we're going to watch closely. The the you know the the days that uh, places are having sales now in in terms of what consumers are buying, how they're refinancing on their homes and and automobiles, those kind of things. So we're watching all that very closely. But yes, there's good news, bad news. It's a two-faced market, and at some point here, that information one way or the other will override and we will get a, a clear direction of where this economy is going to go and where the market's going to go and portfolios uh, in relation to 2021. So still a lot going on, a lot of volatility, but we're going to keep you updated. And hopefully, all the questions you've been asking, hopefully we've answered some today on the vlog. Please continue to share this with friends and colleagues of yours. We greatly appreciate all the introductions that you have made for us with these vlogs. And we're going to keep you updated as the week progresses. Have a great week.